to another episode of Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. I am your host with the most, Mr. Matt Benarchek, and I am coming to you from my home. It is a rainy Sunday afternoon uh, at high noon, actually, 12 noon. And I am here to, as promised, I am here to break down the entirety of the 2020 Philadelphia Eagle draft. Now, we can do this or I can do this in many different ways. And I thought about how I could do it. I could do it with addressing the elephant in the room. Uh, I could do it by round. I can do it by position. I can do it by need. Uh, I could do it like in a capsulation of a summary, or I could just do it the way I wanted to do it, which I think uh, is by position. So As we look through this draft, I think it's important to look at it from a couple different um, views. The first view is what is what is the goal in a draft? What what is the intent of, of a team during a draft? And very 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 specifically, in my opinion, that goal and that that intent is to get better, uh, get better for both the present and the future, but with possibly a more of a um, um, concerted effort on the future. So I think it's important when you review drafts that you review that and that you see the potential because that's all this is. These are a series of players who show the potential to be good NFL players. Uh, it, it, there is no guarantee that any of these individuals will ever pan out. Now, I, I sure hope for all of our sakes <laughs> that most of them pan out because uh, there's 10 players on this list that, um, that, we took, that we took over the weekend and we basically said, you know what, we think you are the future of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I understood that the biggest thing going on right now when you review this draft, especially for the Eagles, is the fact that they took a quarterback in the second round. And I am very adamant about my position on that, and I will, I've will i already explained it uh, in somewhat emotional way the other day, and I will, uh, I will continue to, um, maybe with less emotion today, to continue to expand on that. Um, but I think first and foremost, we, we got to give props to Howie Roseman. And 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 I, I'm not a big Howie guy. I'm not. I'm less of a Howie guy after this weekend. But you got to give props to the man. He took eight draft picks and turned them into 10 players. Uh, and that's that's great. To include a proven 
NFL wide receiver from the San Francisco uh, 49ers in a masterful trade, uh, bringing him here. Um, and it's a, a actually accumulating, I believe, two additional draft picks from that trade. So that 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 is to no um, to no uh, slight feat. So that's that's very good on Howie. So um, I think that's important to to, to 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 kind of come out with right off the bat is that you know you can sit here as I say I, I say this to people all the time. You can sit in the back of the classroom and throw the spitballs all you want. That's easy to do. Uh, what's not easy to do is to stand up front of the classroom and teach. Um, you know, I know Howie Roseman's not drafting with Matt Benarchek's needs in mind. Um, he's not. Uh, Matt Benarchek doesn't really know what the Philadelphia Eagles need. He he thinks he knows. Uh, and But Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson, they know. They better know. I mean, they are the brain trust of the football team. They They see on a daily basis and they – they know on a daily basis what they do and what they do not have. And I believe that the consensus being heading into this offseason was that the team lacked speed. Team lacked speed on all, in all, in really all positions, especially the skill positions. It also lacked depth. It lacked depth on a couple of critical uh, positions, uh, one being linebacker, the other being wide receiver, and another being cornerback. I didn't say quarterback. I said cornerback. Now, heading into the offseason, which um, is part of the draft process, free agency, the UDFAs or the undrafted free agencies, uh, free agents, that is all part of rebuilding your team for the future. And I believe that Howie did an adequate job in that process. And I know the process is not over. It is far from over. They will continue to... Uh, tweak the roster. They will continue to develop the roster. They will continue to do some things with that roster to make it better. Uh, but th this was a bit, a pretty big step. Um, Howie himself said it was part of the, you know, the gauge mark of an off season was getting to the draft and you build the, you build through the draft for the future of your football team. And I think so more, more so for the future than the present. So I, I think when, um, especially when you look at what the Eagles took in the second round, uh, that is to be considered. But I believe, and I will get to the second round, uh, I'm actually probably going to dedicate an entire show to that pick uh, and, and where I look at how this, this will work out. But so without further ado, let's jump right in. Uh, so... Obviously, the Eagles entered the 2020 draft with eight picks spread out over all the rounds, with I believe the exception of the seventh round. Uh, they were slated to pick uh, in the first round at the 21st position. Um, now, again, I, we, we've talked about the drama that um, was that pick that we thought would have been the biggest drama of the weekend was the uh, dastardly deeds of that lunatic Jerry Jones from the Dallas Cowboys you know, snatching a wide receiver where, you know, let's face it, Dallas probably really didn't need to snatch a wide receiver, but he knew, I believe he knew, and I believe he did this purely on that, that the Eagles needed a wide receiver and that CD lamb would have looked really good in midnight green. If you're an Eagle fan, but really bad. If you're, if you're a Cowboy fan or a Cowboy owner. 
So the drama of 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 tra- of not trading up for Howie, not going up to like that logical 16th position with the Atlanta Falcons, pulling off a draft day trade or a day one trade to to send uh, our first round pick and our second round pick uh, to go up there and snatch CD Lamb from at 16 from the Falcons and from the Cowboys. Um, instead, Howie stood 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 pat, stayed at 21, allowed the chips to fall. And then at 21, selected Jalen Rager, wide receiver from TCU. Um, that that got me a little heated. It did. Um, I believe that when you looked at the top four wide receivers from a very deep wide receiver class, and that depth definitely was correct. It, it showed. Now, whether or not the majority of these wide receivers can play at the pro level, that is a conversation for another day. But just in pure quantity there was a lot of wide receivers out there to look at and when you look at Jalen Rager I believe a lot of people had him at five uh, you know from that top that top tier which of course in that first round there were four that really stood out um, to a lot of the so-called experts out there Jerry Judy Henry Ruggs um, C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson were the top four projected wideouts to go in the draft. Now, when the Eagles did get to 21, you know, two of the top, or I should say three of the top four were gone. Um, Justin Jefferson was the only one who remained undrafted. And then um, the Eagles defied a little bit of, I guess, logic at the time by selecting Rager over Justin Jefferson. But the pick of Jalen Rager makes a lot more sense for the Philadelphia Eagles. And it makes it makes sense in this way. Justin Jefferson is a slot guy. He's a prototypical slot guy who will probably be very good on third downs and crossing patterns across the field. Slot receivers do not work to their optimal unless they have somebody on this on their football team that can take the top off of the field. Defense has got to be concerned about a possibility of a wide receiver taking the top off the field to allow the room for a slot receiver to be, to be effective. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have a slot receiver. We have a couple of them actually. So a pick of Justin Jefferson there did not really make sense. So a pick like Jalen Rager, who is a receiver that projects or has the potential to take the top off that field is definitely a better little slot for, for him. Um, the questions of Jalen Rager heading into the season, though, are he has a problem with drops, which um, is a word that I don't want to hear anymore in Philadelphia when it comes to our wide receivers uh, after 2019 and after basically Nelson Aguilar's entire career here. I do not want to hear an individual has problems with holding on to the football or catching this, catching the football. But what Jalen Rager does for you is he goes up top and gets balls he can um, demand the respect from a defense to be like, okay, well, we got to know where this guy is on the field at all times. We can perhaps not be able to have the luxury of playing up a little bit. Maybe we have to pull safety, a deep safety into coverage uh, and possibly even flex that strong safety a little bit further back, which then in turn opens up that slot receiver uh, across the middle of the field. Jalen Rager provides that um, take the top off the field type of speed. Uh, he's a burner um, and he's got a 42 inch vertical leap, which is that 50, 50 ball thing. 
Um, I definitely like the pick there. I do. Um, whether or not he works on the drop issue, which will be magnified as it is here in this town, is to be seen. But I do like the pick of Jalen Rager at 21. So that takes us to the uh, – I'm going to go over. So I'm going to move past the second round for now and go right into the third round. Um, the third round being the pick that um, as the ash, or I should say, as the fires were burning from the second round, uh, at 103, the Eagles went out and picked uh, Davion Taylor. He's a linebacker from Colorado. Uh, plays more of plays and looks more of like a hybrid safety. Uh, looks like he can do a lot of damage uh, on both types of positions. Uh, and he again is a versatile player that provides uh, a little bit for the Eagles, both in run coverage and in pass coverage. Now. He lacks the speed to, say, cover a running back out of the backfield on a pass or to possibly cover some of the more effective tight ends in the league. But what he does provide is a really quick um, first step and a very athletic and physical way of hitting, uh, which is a very (laughs) sought-after tool in the National Football League. Again, he provides that. And um, he's a little bit of a project, though. Uh, due to religious uh, concerns or religious obligations, he was really uh, deprived of a high school football career uh, and then went on to play two years of, of junior college ball before getting two years at Colorado. But I think at 103 in the third pick, uh, the third round, um, sorry, I think Davian Taylor is a good slot for the Eagles. Now we go on to the fourth round where they finally got around to addressing the, uh, the secondary. Now, uh, Kayvon Wallace, who might be the most um, – with maybe the exception of Jalen Rigger, the most uh, um, high-profile player the Eagles selected here uh, in the draft. Um, A safety from Clemson. Now, of course, the last time we went with a safety from Clemson, it worked out pretty well for us uh, and him. Uh, He ended up in Canton as well as his number retired at the link. So if Kayvon Wallace provides a fraction of what uh, Brian Dawkins provided, I think this pick will be very good. And again, a very physical, fast, hard-hitting uh, type of young man um, really is what we're, we're looking at here. Now, obviously, there's a little bit of a curve with Kevon. Um, why he fell to the fourth round, uh, you know, there's a couple of theories about that. You know, teams uh, on, the, on the modern defenses in the NFL, a lot of teams are able or they don't pay much attention to the safety position, and some teams don't, make, don't pay that much attention to the linebacker position. So, Safety is not one of those glam picks um, in the NFL anymore. It's not. But we've seen it ourselves. To have a, a competent safety on the field um, really, really, really will, will help our, 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 our pass defense. Um, and, and let's face it, we just need the depth right now. Uh, Kayvon will have the opportunity to probably get a ton of playing time back there uh, as we kind of sort through this uh, secondary issue that we have on this football team. So another good pick. Another um, a pick I think we all kind of agree on, uh, a pick of need and um, a, a wise pick there. Uh, now, they had another uh, pick in the fourth round. It was at 145 overall, uh, and they, went, they, they finally went ahead and addressed the um, offensive line with going with Jack Driscoll from Auburn. Now, Driscoll is a, um, a day-one starter, uh, projects to be a day-one starter, six foot five, 305 pounds. And obviously played in the power conference uh, in the SEC and um, really a polished player. Uh, should be able to either come in 
Um, possibly be a day one starter, more than likely uh, be a rotational uh, background uh, backup type player, but a solid pick there with Jack Driscoll in the uh, fourth round. Uh, now we get on to the fifth round uh, at pick 168, John Hightower, wide receiver from Boise State. Uh, a lot of people don't understand how Hightower fell all the way to the fifth round. Uh, again, speed, a speedster, a burner. Um, but, you know, with a little bit of coaching to be done. But where they got him in the fifth round, an excellent pick, an excellent pickup. Uh, he's got speed and he's got the, the height. Um, really will probably be very uh, a very good asset down there in the red zone or in the corner of the end zone where Carson likes to put balls up there. Uh, a nice little uh, little project pick there in the fifth round. And then uh, in the sixth round, at pick 196, Sean Bradley. Yes, no, not that Sean Bradley. Uh, and I, I did the same thing when I heard his name called out. I was like, didn't we already go down the Sean Bradley uh, uh, path before and didn't quite work out? And he was a linebacker too. But this is Sean Bradley, linebacker from Temple. Now, um, homegrown kid, hometown kid, gets to the – to play uh, NFL football where he played college football in the same field. Um, looks to me a lot like a um, another one of them hybrid. Uh, he's a little undersized. I don't really necessarily see him playing much conventional linebacker, but, I mean, the Eagles don't really play much conventional linebacker anyway. A, a nice little piece for Jim Schwartz and his defense to possibly use in a lot of passing situations. Uh He's got some ball hawking ability. He's uh, he's always around the football, um, and he will definitely be another good gamble pick in the sixth round. Um, I like what they did with that. I like how they addressed that. Uh, I love that that need there. And then we move on to the pick, uh, pick 200 in the sixth round, which was Quaz Watkins, a wide receiver from Southern Miss. Another burner. All right. He ran the second the second quickest 40-yard dash at the combine at 4.35. I mean, that is crazy fast. Uh listen, you know, the need was speed uh, from our from our wide receiver core. We needed uh, uh to be a lot faster. We got faster in this draft. We got we got faster in this draft. And whether or not these kids can actually play in the NFL will obviously come um, come later, but they gave the Eagles coaches the opportunity and they gave them the players to, to work that. Um, we are we can no longer say we're a slow football team. We got a bunch of burners. Again, whether or not they can play football, uh, that, that remains to be seen. But another smart, safe pick down there in the sixth round, uh, tall, lanky kid, uh, should, again uh, – Get a lot of attention when he's on the field. A lot of defense, you know, he will create uh, some matchup problems for defenses. Um, they're going to be very concerned about him uh, getting behind defenses. So a good pick there. Uh, and then on to the sixth round, continue, I'm sorry, continuing to the sixth round at pick 210, you got Prince Tega Juan Gaho. Now, I'm sure I am pronouncing that incorrectly. He is an offensive tackle from Auburn. A great story with this guy. Showed up literally uh, from Africa uh, with $20 in his pocket, uh, the clothes on his back, and, and, and ready to go play football. Uh, was actually sent here to the America to play basketball, but worked out, um, you know, put on a lot of weight there 
and ended up uh, playing in a power conference with the uh, University of Auburn. Uh, another offensive tackle uh, should provide uh, some depth along that line. Um, he is not as polished as Driscoll is. Uh, we'll have to work on some balance issues that I've seen. Um, but just the fact that he's a massive human being um, gives Jeff Stoutland in that group, uh, you know, another another piece to play with. So uh, another good depth piece there uh, by the Eagles in the sixth round at 210. Um, and then when uh, we didn't have in the beginning of this draft, we ended up getting a seventh round pick. And that was a uh, at 233. And that is uh, Casey Tuhill, a defensive end from Stanford. Um, so, you know, obviously when you're picking players in the seventh round, you know, there's a reason why they're in the seventh round. Um, another project, another, another guy that is kind of, um, kind of learning his way, uh, as a pass rusher. Um, it's going to be actually very interesting to watch him kind of progress through the, through the system and see what, what we can get out of him. Um, again, he's in a position on this football team that needs the depth. So that actually really probably bodes well for his future as an Eagle. So, um, Again, uh, the, the the needs were addressed on this football team. Um, they were addressed. Uh, the Eagles needed to get faster. They got faster. Uh, they needed to get younger. They got younger. They needed depth. They got depth. They needed uh, presence. They got presence. They they got exciting. Nobody's taking that away from what Howie did, and, and I give him kudos. I would give the Eagle draft as a whole – I would give it a B. Um, I think there's 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 one reason why they didn't get an A, and we will discuss that one reason in part two of this episode that will come up uh, immediately following uh, this episode. But I think that Howie really did a good job. I think he he addressed, understood, or understood, addressed, and then facilitated uh, the weaknesses of this football team. But ladies and gentlemen, I just I, I just can't get past number 53. I can't get past what that second round pick will mean uh, for the future of this football team and at the most critical and important position on this team at the quarterback level. And as I said, we'll, we'll get into that here more in the next episode of uh, Talking Philly Sports with Matty B., well, I hope you enjoyed my breakdown of all the picks, with the exception of one pick, which we will go right into. Um, I will be coming up here momentarily, so thank you for listening. Hang in there. We're going to come back with um, we're going to come back with another uh, installment of this of this special two parter, and uh, I'll see you then. Those who aren't with us too long Life is almost the thing you can't lose While you were here, the fun was never ending Life a minute was only beginning Can I call me nickel? There's one for you! I'm
Ever in a tough situation, we'll be there. No.